0: Sixty years later, they're still lying to us about the Kennedy assassination. Hey, this is Doc Washburn. Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show. We push back against the Uniparty and the deep state and let you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, click on the button that says Become a Patron, Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports, with my friend Donnie Copeland, which drops Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central. And check out the Medicare Funcast with my friend Brian Coolis. Medicare info if you need it. Music, memories, and pop culture if you don't, on the Medicare Funcast YouTube channel. Okay, it's been 60 years to the day since they assassinated President John F. Kennedy. And 60 years later, they're still lying to us about it. Now, there is a new documentary out featuring seven doctors who were in the ER at Parkland Hospital in Dallas on that fateful day, and everybody else in the media seems to be ignoring it. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. Now, I'm old enough to remember where I was when I heard that they had assassinated President Kennedy. On Friday, November 22nd, 1963, I was in the second grade at South San Jose Elementary School in Jacksonville, Florida. When we got on the school bus that afternoon, people were talking about the president having been shot. I remember my mom was under the weather and so didn't go to church with my dad and my little brothers and me that Sunday morning a couple of days later. First thing she said when we opened the door, when we got home was they shot Oswald. 60 years later, these things are ingrained in my memory. I remember a lot. Now fast forward to December 15th, 2022. Tucker Carlson made a shocking allegation about the Kennedy assassination on his Fox News show. I'm going to be sharing what he said with you with my comments interspersed. So here's how he
1: began. So not long after Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald on camera in the basement of Dallas police headquarters, A lot of Americans started to have some questions about the Kennedy assassination. It was, you'd have to admit, a pretty extraordinary sequence of events. A lone gunman murders the President of the United States, and then, less than 48 hours later, that lone gunman is himself murdered by another lone gunman. What are the odds of that? It's one thing if you get struck by lightning, rare but possible. But if every member of your family also gets struck by lightning all on different days, you might begin to suspect these are not entirely natural events. But oh, replied the U.S. government, they are. This bizarre chain of killings was all entirely natural. So less than a year after the JFK assassination, the Johnson White House released something called the Warren Commission Report, and the report concluded that while their motives remained unclear both Lee Oswald and Jack Ruby had acted alone. No one helped them. There was no conspiracy of any kind. Case closed, time to move on. And many many Americans did move on. At the time they had no idea how shoddy and corrupt the Warren Commission was. It would be nearly 50 years before the CIA admitted under duress that in fact it had withheld information from investigators about its relationship with Lee Harvey Oswald. But even then at the time before that was known, The government's explanation didn't seem entirely plausible, and some people started asking obvious questions about it. It was at that point, as Americans started to doubt the official story, that the term conspiracy theory entered our lexicon. As Professor Lance DeHaven-Smith points out in his book on the subject, the term conspiracy theory did not exist as a phrase in everyday American conversation before 1964. In 1964, the year the Warren Commission issued its report, the New York Times published five stories in which conspiracy theory appeared. Now today, of course, the term conspiracy theory appears in pretty much every New York Times story about American politics. It's wielded, now as then, as a weapon against anyone who asks questions the government doesn't feel like answering. Okay, now I owe it to you to tell you
0: some of the people who were actually on the Warren Commission. First of all, the commission was named after then-Chief Justice Earl Warren. President Johnson talked him into heading up the commission. So for close to a year, Earl Warren simultaneously served as Chief Justice of the United States and Chairman of the Warren Commission, which just seems to be ridiculous to me. How could one man possibly do both of those things? But he was also personally involved in the interrogation of Oswald's Russian-born wife, Marina, and in the interrogation of Jack Ruby, the nightclub owner who shot and killed Lee Harvey Oswald. So let's see, who else is on the Warren Commission? Democrat Senator Richard Russell of Georgia, who had been born in the previous century. He was an old guy. He was on the Warren Commission. Senator Richard Russell was an old-line Democrat, a segregationist, don't you know? Kentucky Senator John Sherman Cooper was also appointed by President Johnson to the Warren Commission. Cooper was a Republican. He rejected the single-bullet theory, stating that, quote, there was no evidence to show that Kennedy and Texas Governor John Connolly were hit by the same bullet, unquote. Cooper publicly criticized the Warren Commission report's conclusions as premature and inconclusive, and he informed Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy and Senator Ted Kennedy that he strongly felt that Lee Harvey Oswald had not acted alone. Did you realize there was somebody in the Warren Commission who thought that? I didn't know it until I started researching for this very podcast. When Senator Cooper expressed his same thoughts to Jacqueline Kennedy. He reportedly stated that, quote, it's important for this nation that we bring the true murderers to justice, unquote. Again, I had no idea about this until I started researching for this podcast on this momentous day, the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Now, Democrat Representative of Louisiana and House Majority Leader Hale Boggs was also on the Warren Commission. Now, Boggs has been reported to have had differing positions regarding the Warren Commission report. Based upon Office of the House Historian and Clerk of the House Office of Art and Archives, Politico reports that Boggs dissented from the commission's majority report, which supported the single-bullet thesis pointing to a lone assassin. Boggs said he had strong doubts about it. But in a 1966 appearance on CBS Face the Nation, Boggs defended the commission's findings and said he did not doubt that Lee Harvey Oswald killed Kennedy. He said all the evidence indicated that Kennedy was shot from behind and the argument that one bullet it, both Kennedy and Texas Governor John Connolly was very persuasive. And yet, a few years later, on April 5, 1971, Boggs made a speech on the floor of the House in which he strongly attacked Federal Bureau of Investigation Director J. Edgar Hoover and the whole of the FBI. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? On April twenty-second, 1971, Boggs went even further saying over the post-war years we have granted to the elite and secret police within our system vast new powers over the lives and liberties of the people at the request of the trusted and respected heads of those forces and their appeal to the necessities of national security. We have exempted those grants of power from due accounting, and strict surveillance. Does that sound familiar? You might not have known that he said that in 1971, but there have certainly been people since then who have said similar things. Now, as majority leader of the U.S. House of Representatives, Hale Boggs often campaigned for other members, including Democrat Representative Nick Begich of Alaska. Matter of fact... On October 16, 1972, Hale Boggs was aboard a twin-engine Cessna 310 with Representative Begich, who was facing a possible tight race in the November 1972 general election against Republican candidate Don Young when the plane just disappeared during a flight from Anchorage to Juneau, Alaska. Also on board were Begich's aide. Russell Brown, and the pilot, Don Johns. The four were heading to a campaign fundraiser for Representative Begich. The search for the missing aircraft and four men included U.S. Coast Guard, Navy, Army, Air Force, Civil Air Patrol, and civilian fixed-wing aircraft and helicopters. The Cessna was required to carry an emergency locator transmitter per Alaska State law and federal law no emergency transmission signal determined to be from the plane was ever heard during the search. In its report on the incident, the National Transportation Safety Board stated that the pilot's portable emergency transmitter, permissible in lieu of a fixed transmitter on the plane, was found in an aircraft at Fairbanks. The report also notes that a witness saw an unidentified object in the pilot's briefcase that resembled, except for color, the portable emergency transmitter. The safety board concluded that neither the pilot nor aircraft had an emergency location transmitter. On November 24, 1972, the search was suspended after 39 days. Neither the wreckage of the plane nor the pilot's and passengers' remains were ever found. After a hearing and seven-minute jury deliberation, his death certificate was signed by Alaska Judge Dorothy Tyner. Isn't that peculiar? Here's a congressman who was criticizing the FBI, the deep state, and then his plane just disappears over Alaska. Odd, isn't it? On November 29, 1963, just one week after the assassination of President Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson appointed Gerald Ford to the Warren Commission. Now, perhaps you've heard of Ford. He eventually became president himself, the only man in the history of our country to become president without having been elected president or even vice president, for that matter. Anyhow, Ford was assigned to prepare a biography of accused assassin Lee Harvey Oswald. Ford and Earl Warren also interviewed Jack Ruby, Oswald's killer. According to a 1963 FBI memo that was not released to the public until 2008, Ford was in contact with the FBI throughout his time on the Warren Commission and relayed information to the deputy director, Deke DeLoach about the panel's activities. In the preface to his book, A Presidential Legacy and the Warren Commission, Gerald Ford defended the work of the commission and reiterated his support of its conclusions. Oh, I'll bet he did. By the way, did I mention who the CIA director was for the last full year that Ford was president of the United States? January 76 to January 77? That's right, George H.W. Bush. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Now, President Johnson also appointed former CIA Director Alan Dulles to the Warren Commission. President Kennedy had fired Dulles from his position as CIA Director two years earlier, but I'm sure there was nothing untoward about putting him on the Warren Commission, right? 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 Johnson appointed John J. McCloy to the Warren Commission. Now, who was he? Ah, nobody. Just one of the two men who formed the Office of Strategic Services, the OSS, at the start of World War II. Perhaps you've heard of the OSS. It was the intelligence agency that was the forerunner of the CIA. Oh, oh, and McCloy was also president of the World Bank, so no big deal. Nothing shady. Nothing to see here. Nothing at all, folks. Let's just move along.
1: All right, here is more from Tucker. Despite 60 years of name-calling, those questions have not disappeared. In fact, they have multiplied with time. And here's one of them. In April of 1964, a psychiatrist called Louis Joylin West visited Jack Ruby in his isolation cell in a Dallas jail. According to West's written assessment, he found that Jack Ruby was, quote, technically insane and in need of immediate psychiatric hospitalization. Those are conclusions that, puzzlingly, no one who had spoken to Jack Ruby previously had reached. Ruby had seemed perfectly sane to the people who knew him. Louis Joyland West pronounced him crazy. But what West did not say was that he was working for the CIA at the time. Louis Joyland West was a contract psychiatrist for the spy agency. He was also an expert on mind control and a prominent player in the now infamous MKUltra program in which the CIA gave powerful psychiatric drugs to Americans without their knowledge. So of all the psychiatrists in the world, what in the world was this guy doing in Jack Ruby's prison cell? The media did not seem interested in finding out. In fact, the New York Times, in an extensive 1999 obituary of West, never mentioned the fact that he had worked for the CIA, much less his time in Jack Ruby's cell, which seems relevant. So you can see why non-crazy people would wonder about what really happened. And of course, many have wondered. In 1976, long forgotten, the House of Representatives impaneled a special committee to reinvestigate the JFK assassination. Their bipartisan conclusion? Jack Kennedy was almost certainly murdered as the result of a conspiracy. But the question is, a conspiracy by whom? Well, the obvious suspect would be the CIA. Why else would the agency withhold critical evidence for investigators? Is there a benign explanation for that? For maintaining this level of secrecy for this many years? Not that we're aware of. And it is illegal. And he'll
0: tell you. Well, he just did tell you why it's illegal, right? Because law is passed. 1992 saying so you got to release everything by 2017. And they still haven't done it. Okay, have you ever heard of this CIA psychiatrist, Louis Jolian West, who was allowed into Jack Ruby's prison cell? I hadn't heard of him either. We owe Tucker Carlson a debt of gratitude. He did a lot of good works when he was at Fox News Channel. By the way, if you want to do some research, you want to find out more about this guy, this Louis Jolion West. His middle name is spelled in a very unusual manner. It is J-O-L-Y-O-N. Oh, by the way, it has long been reported that Jack Ruby begged Chief Justice Earl Warren to let him go to Washington, D.C., because he really wanted to testify about what he knew. He told Justice Warren he wasn't safe where he was, if you, uh, if you catch my drift. They say Ruby died of a, a pulmonary embolism on January third, 1967, at Parkland Hospital.
1: Here's more from Tucker. In 1992, Congress passed the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. And that act mandated full disclosure of all documents by 2017, 54 years after JFK was killed. The last administration promised to comply fully with that law, but under intense pressure from CIA Director Mike Pompeo, withheld in the end thousands of pages of CIA documents today, this afternoon, the Biden administration did exactly the same thing. That would be thousands of pages of documents after nearly 60 years, after the death of every single person involved. But we still can't see them. Clearly, it's not to protect any person. They're all dead. It's to protect an institution. But why? Well, today we decided to find out We spoke to someone who had access to these still-hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contain. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim, quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, this is not a, quote, conspiracy theorist that we spoke to. Not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public. And the answer we received was unequivocal. Yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president.
0: Wow, 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 wow. Did you know that Tucker talked about that? Um. That was December 15th, 2022. Tucker announced he had confirmed with someone who would know that the CIA was indeed involved in the assassination of President Kennedy. A little over uh, four months later, Monday morning, April 24th, 2023 to be exact, Fox News Channel CEO Suzanne Scott called Tucker Carlson, told him, He no longer had a television show on the network, thanked him for all he had done, wished him well, and hung up. Now, I'm still going to tell you in just a few what the Parkland doctors are saying in their new documentary. But I owe you the rest of what Tucker said about the CIA and the assassination of an American president. And that is coming up in mere moments right here on the Doc Washburn Show. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase a vehicle online if you have any questions. One of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental U.S. RedRiverAuto.com. You'll be glad you did. I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines? The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life and migraines year-round. When I got my Atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away and the migraines went away for good. Whatever malady you're suffering from, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped so many people I know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can. Do you want to drop your big liberal cell phone carrier? Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, is a perfect solution. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. And switching to Patriot Mobile usually only takes 15 to 20 minutes. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you shift your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. All right, so let's hear the rest of what Tucker Carlson said about the CIA and the
1: assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Now, some people will not be surprised to hear that. They suspected it all along. But no matter how you feel about or what you thought about the Kennedy assassination, pause to consider what this means. It means that within the U.S. government, there are forces wholly beyond democratic control. These forces are more powerful than the elected officials that supposedly oversee them. These forces can affect election outcomes. They can even hide their complicity in the murder of an American president. In other words, they can do pretty much anything they want. They constitute a government within a government, mocking by their very existence the idea of democracy. As cynical as we have become after 30 years of watching government officials ignore the voters who employ them, we were shocked to learn this. It's not acceptable. Americans have trusted their government less with every passing year since the killing of John F. Kennedy. Maybe this is why. And people have known this for a long time. The people who knew would include every director of the CIA since November of 1963. And that list would include Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, one of the most sinister and dishonest figures in American life. That list would also include, we are sad to say, our friend Mike Pompeo, who ran the CIA in the last administration. Mike Pompeo knew this. We asked Pompeo to join us tonight, and though he rarely turns down a televised interview, he refused to come. We hope he will reconsider.
0: Well, sadly, Mike Pompeo did not reconsider. You know, I often wonder if Pompeo was Tucker's source. Who knows? But I think that if it is true that the CIA had something to do with the assassination of President Kennedy, and if they were able to coerce the last two occupants of the Oval Office, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, into breaking the law, remember, from 2017 on, it is against the law to refuse to release the rest of the information on the Kennedy assassination, Then yes, Tucker is right. There are forces in the federal government that are more powerful than the people we elect, and they continue to get away with it. So pray for our country. Now, when he said all of the CIA directors since the Kennedy assassination would know about this, I think it's my duty to give you the list. The CIA director, when President Kennedy was assassinated, a guy named John McCone, the previous one, Alan Dulles, who President Kennedy had um, fired in November of 1961, he was on the Warren Commission. So John McCone was CIA director until late April 1965. Then William Rayborn, CIA director until late June of 66. Then Richard Helms, he was in there for a number of years until February 73. Then James Schlesinger in 73. Then William Colby from 73 to 76. George H.W. Bush, as we mentioned before, for a year from January 76 to January 77. Admiral Stansfield-Turner was CIA director from March of 77 to January of 81. So he was Carter's CIA director. William Casey was Reagan's CIA director from January 81 to January of 87. William Webster, CIA director from May 87 to August of 91. Bob Gates, CIA director from November 91 to January 93. Jim Woolsey, CIA director from February 93 to January 95. John Deutsch, CIA director from May of 95 to December of 96. George Tenet, CIA director from December 96 to July of 04. Porter Goss was CIA director from September of 04 to May of 06 Michael Hayden Oh man he he hates people like you and me Michael Hayden Oh yeah on social media he wishes death upon conservatives So really great guy there Michael Hayden CIA director from May of 06 to February of 09 Leon Panetta CIA director from February 09 to uh, June of 2011 David Petraeus CIA director from September 2011 to November 2012. John Brennan, CIA director from March 2013 to January 2017. Mike Pompeo, CIA director from January 2017 to April of 2018. Gina Haspel, whose mentor was John Brennan for some reason... I've never been able to figure this out. For some reason, President Trump appointed someone who was tight with John Brennan to be CIA director. She had the job from April 2018 to January 2021. Uh, Bill Burns has been CIA director since early in the Biden administration. So all these guys know, according to Tucker, about the CIA. Involvement in the Kennedy assassination. Now, coming up, we've got the, uh, the Today Show from NBC talking to um, one of the two surviving Secret Service agents who were at Dealey Plaza, Dallas, on November twenty second, 1963. So that'll be interesting. But first... Let's get to the CBS morning show. And they ran the trailer for the new documentary, JFK, What the Doctors Saw on Paramount+. And here is how it began.
2: This month marks 60 years since the assassination of President John F. Kennedy and a powerful new documentary coming tomorrow to Paramount Plus brings light to revelations from the doctors who were in the ER that day. JFK, What the Doctors Saw, reveals new information that raises the question, was there more than a single shooter? Here's a preview. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your
3: country.
4: Something has happened in the motorcade route. Something, I repeat, has happened in the
0: motorcade route. Next, we'll hear the voice of longtime CBS Evening News anchor, Walter Cronkite.
4: There has been an attempt, as perhaps you
5: know now, on the life of President Kennedy.
0: Next, the voice of Dr. Peter Loeb, who was a third-year medical student at Parkland Hospital at the time.
4: We heard Kennedy had been shot, and he was being brought to the emergency room at Parkland
0: Hospital. Next, Dr. Ronald Jones, chief resident at Parkland.
5: You just feel a flush coming over your body, and uh, you think, my goodness, I'm about to take care of the president of the United States.
0: Then the graphic on the screen says, for the first time, seven of the Parkland doctors reunite to discuss what they saw the day the president was shot within minutes of seeing president kennedy
6: doctors at parkland concluded that the neck wound was an entrance wound and the head
0: wound was an exit wound Uh, by the way that changes everything the next voice you hear is that of dr robert mcclelland assistant professor of surgery at parkland
5: the fatal wound came from the front i think and other people believe that too
0: next Dr. Ronald Jones, again.
4: We thought that there was an entrance wound in the neck and an exit wound in the back of the head.
0: Now, did you know this? Did you know that that's what the doctors all believed right from the start, 60 years ago? Here's Walter Cronkite, again.
5: Parkland Hospital doctors were quoted as saying they thought at least one bullet entered Mr. Kennedy's neck from the front.
0: Well, the Warren Commission certainly tried to clamp
4: that down parkland doctors were a serious problem for the u.s government because they had provided evidence that there was a shooter somewhere in the front and that ran totally contrary to the official narrative of a lone shooter from above and behind
2: a lot of people just decided to keep their mouth shut including
0: the parkland doctors okay now when you go over to Par- uh, paramount plus To watch the documentary, you will see at least one doctor testifying that a government agent told him he had better keep his mouth shut.
5: What actually happened in trauma room one never came out, never became public.
0: All right, here is Dr. McClelland again. I was there. I know what I saw. And now Dr. Kenneth Sawyer, who was then a first-year resident at Parkland in 1963. I was there, I remember it in detail. It's etched in my memory forever. Now Dr. McClelland again.
5: In all probability, there was a conspiracy, i.e. there was
0: more than one shooter. And now, the voice of Robert K. Tannenbaum, Deputy Chief Counsel of the United States House of Representatives Select Committee on Assassinations 1976, in 1977
4: the parkland doctors told the truth these
0: doctors are about as trustworthy as you can get the cia is very powerful
5: to this day will people feel that they have a better understanding of what actually happened absolutely
0: wow all right here is the outro from the CBS Morning Show, which played the trailer for this groundbreaking new documentary about what the doctors saw. JFK, What the Doctors Saw on Paramount Plus. Here's the outro from the CBS Morning Show.
2: We all have questions. JFK, What the Doctors Saw from See It Now Studios will premiere tomorrow on Paramount Plus, which, like CBS, we we're proud to say is part of Paramount Global.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. I, I don't keep up with uh, network TV that much. I didn't realize that CBS and Paramount were like, uh, you know, part of the uh, the same thing. Now, what I uh, what I want to do? Well, well, first of all, again, let me just recap here. That was the CBS Morning Show promoting this new documentary with seven doctors we were all at the ER, what they call Trauma One, at Parkland Hospital, Dallas, all saying, there's no doubt about it, entrance wound to the throat of President Kennedy, exit wound in the back of the head. They're all saying to a man, President Kennedy was murdered by a shooter from the front, the area of the fence up on the grassy knoll, not by Oswald, above and behind him from the Texas School Book Depository. So when I came across a YouTube video of the Today Show on NBC interviewing a 91-year-old Secret Service agent who was in the presidential motorcade on that fateful day, of course, I was really looking forward to seeing what he thought about the doctor's claims. Now, remember, remember now, all seven of those Parkland Hospital ER doctors insist the shooter was from in front of the president's limo based on the nature of his wounds. So coming right up, we will have the Today Show interview with one of only two surviving Secret Service agents, on that fateful day in Dallas from 60 years ago. Mike Lindell says because of your amazing support for My Pillow 2.0, he's expanded My Pillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. So he's clearing out his percale bed sheets by giving them to you at closeout prices. King size percale bed sheets only thirty nine dollars a set. Queen size only thirty five dollars a set. Full size twenty nine dollars and twin size just twenty five dollars. Use promo code DWS to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime offer. Right now, Mike's biggest My Slippers closeout sale ever is on. Get Mike's all-season My Slippers and Sandals at clearance prices. Mike's all-season Moccasin Slippers are just $25. Mike's My slipper Sandals are just nineteen They're both made with Mike's patented Impact Gel that absorbs and relieves pressure so you can comfortably wear them all day long. Just use promo code DWS for huge discounts. Remember, DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com, quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, Inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Here are five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. They don't tend to depreciate over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. Andrew Sorcini with Beverly Hills Precious Metals has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Beverly Hills Precious Metals brings precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. Mike Flynn told us about them, and they are our gold buyer of choice. To find out more, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Make sure you ask about the General Mike Flynn silver coin and tell him Doc Washburn sent you. Beverly Hills Precious Metals helps folks protect their finances, wealth, and investments. Let me ask you something. Why continue shopping big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now you can get around this crazy inflation by shopping factory direct at a family-owned made-in-America manufacturer. Americans are walking away from the big box conglomerates and deciding to buy only USA. Join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big, woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. These products include fresh American-raised beef. Raised in the Montana mountains near Yellowstone, this beef is known as Never Ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive to only to our members, and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Email us at buyonlyusa at proton.me, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Buyonlyusa at proton.me. Okay. So I was really looking forward to seeing what this 91-year-old former Secret Service agent, one of only two Secret Service agents still living from November 22nd, 1963, Dealey Plaza, presidential motorcade assassination there in Dallas, what his response would be to all of these ER doctors, seven of them coming out and all saying, that the president was shot from the front. So, the Today Show interview began like this.
2: 60 years later, the images of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy are just as haunting. But 91-year-old Clint Hill can recall every detail without opening his eyes. How often do you think about that day?
4: At least once every day, maybe more. Hill there embedded in my brain and it never leaves.
2: Hill was trailing the presidential limousine in the motorcade as the Secret Service agent assigned to First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy. when three shots were fired on that November day in Dallas, Texas, the young agent jumped onto the back of the limo in a desperate attempt to protect the President and Mrs. Kennedy cementing his place in that dark day in history. There was no thinking there you just did it you know just reaction. Do you recall having any thoughts in that moment?
4: Just get there. Get on top of the car. Get your body above theirs between them and any possible person that's trying to do them harm. I, uh,
0: I just can't imagine what this gentleman went through that day and and for that matter, what he continues to go through.
2: The 91-year-old has written a new afterword for his book Five Days in November, ahead of the 60th anniversary of the assassination.
4: What is there that you're saying in here that you haven't already said? Well, I was very concerned that uh, the general population still has not accepted the truth about the assassination. It's hard for me to believe that The numbers of people who still believe in conspiracies. They don't really accept the actual fact of what did happen. Whoa. Whoa,
0: Hoss. Hang on. Including the Congressional Committee back in the 70s that said obviously there was a conspiracy? This guy's concerned people believe in conspiracies regarding the Kennedy assassination? He knows better than all seven doctors who tried to save the president's life at Parkland that day. Okay, well, okay, so here is where a journalist would bring that up. So, today's show guy, and I say today's show guy because, see, that's the thing. when When you have these clips, they just assume that you're a regular viewer and you know who it is, so they never tell you. They never tell you the name of the reporter who's interviewing the guy. So I just call him Today Show Guy. Today Show Guy, if you're a journalist, you have to bring this up. You have to ask him, what about all seven doctors who say that the shooter was from in front of the car over the grassy knoll?
2: Hill's recollection has never wavered. One man, one gun, three shots. All from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository. Okay, right,
0: got it. But here's where you have to push back and remind him that all seven doctors at the Parkland ER
2: insist there was a conspiracy. Go for it. But he worries about those who give credence to conspiracy theories that suggest otherwise. He said, I fear that once all of us who were witnesses to history are gone, the truth will be buried along with us. I'm sure it's not lost on you that there's only two surviving Secret Service members from that day. You worry about that time when neither of you will be
4: here? I just hope that people will read this and believe it because it's truth, and not listen to the other garbage that comes out.
0: All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, today's show. You've given him enough rope. Time to go ahead and ask him about the doctors
2: of late those conspiracy theories have been fueled by a new account of the assassination made in a recent book by hill's former partner secret service agent paul landis landis telling the new york times he's quote beginning to doubt myself about lee harvey oswald being the lone gunman hill dismisses landis's account as fiction
4: what mr landis had written in his book cannot be true.
2: You think he's being dishonest or just has a different recollection of what happened? I don't know. What does it say to the American public that the two of you don't have your stories aligned?
4: Well, it just gives them further reason to believe in the conspiracy theories. And that's unfortunate. That's a deep, deep concern to you. Very deep concern to me.
0: So, you're just gonna let him lie his way through this. You don't even try to get an interview with the other former Secret Service agent you just named. You're not going to challenge this guy at all, are you? Hey, NBC, are you on the CIA's payroll? I mean, you could at least ask him about the Zapruder film, which clearly shows the president being shot from the front and his head jerking backwards from the blast. But no. No, 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 no. This guy is not to be questioned. I'll tell you why in a few just a few moments. The next voice you hear is that of Oliver Stone from his Showtime documentary JFK Revisited Through the Looking Glass. Conspiracy
6: theories are now conspiracy facts.
2: Hill also takes issue with how director Oliver Stone's feature film and documentary about the assassination
4: have further fueled those theories. It was not fact. It was fiction. I mean, if you're going to make it fiction, announce it that way. This is a made-up story. Don't tell people that this is fact when it's not. And that's what he has
2: done.
4: Did he ever call you? No. And don't bother now. It's too late for that junk
0: Again, Today Show, did you call the other retired Secret Service agent, Paul Landis? Did you call the ER doctors who were at Parkland that day? No. No, not at all. But you're slamming Oliver Stone for not calling this guy.
2: What a bunch of hypocrites. Hill says he's accepted that his actions on that day will likely be how he's remembered.
4: What does that acceptance look like or mean to you? Well, people keep thanking me for what I did, but uh, I appreciate that very much. But I didn't complete my task, which was to save the president's life. And that's what's bothered me all these years, 60 years now. Job was to keep the president alive and safe. And I was not able to do that.
2: Your legacy. What do you want it to be?
4: Well, I just, you know, I tried. I tried to do the best job I could. Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't enough.
2: Do you ever think about how, had this not happened,
4: what your life might be like? Oh, yeah. Much calmer, much simpler. I wouldn't have had the experiences I've had, though. I was a lucky man to be given the responsibilities I was given. I'm very grateful.
0: Do you ever think about the way... That mainstream news shows like the Today Show on NBC or 60 Minutes over on CBS, the way they decide to present the claims of a person and ignore any and all valid counterclaims from other people. Now, one of the reasons is they know the majority of their viewers like being spoon-fed, They have no interest in critical thinking, no interest in seeing two sides to a story. They want to be told what to think. So this is a good guy because my TV buddies, the people I see on today's show, every morning, five days a week, say he's a good guy,
2: right? I mean, it goes something just like this. And we're grateful for him. To this day, Clint Hill believes if he had moved faster, he could have taken those bullets and saved the president's life. While he cannot turn back time, he feels that it's his duty to set the record straight about the facts of the assassination while he is still alive to do it. But ultimately, while he's made such huge contributions to American history and society, the thing he says that brings him the most happiness these days is his wife, Lisa, and spending time together with her in California. It's always, I mean, you spend time with him. It's always a joy to spend time with him. But but the weight that he carries is so monumental. Oh, yeah. for so
3: many decades. I'm, it's nice to see him have some peace, but he yeah. still feels this responsibility yeah. to get the yeah, truth sure. out there. Yeah,
2: he sure does, especially with conspiracy theories, you know, still out there. And he wanted to make that a point that he yeah. pushes back hard on all yeah. that. And in 90, what sharp is that? Deal, yeah, right? sure. Indeed. Right. All right, Jacob. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Told you.
0: Didn't I just tell you? Hero worship of a guy who is lying for the government 60 years later. And you know, every once in a while, the mask slips. Every once in a while we find out the truth about somebody like Matt Lauer, Charlie Rose. That's one of the few things that seems to make life difficult for these folks. So they just have to double down on the veneer. Nope, none of us knew anything about it. What a shock. We've really found out about Matt Lauer. Or we can't believe that Charlie Rose was really like that. We always shoot straight. Don't worry. You don't have to think. Just let us continue spoon-feeding you for the rest of your life. We're friendly, wonderful people who say things like this.
2: Hey, thanks for watching. Don't miss the Today Show every weekday at eleven AM Eastern, 8 Pacific on our streaming channel. Today all day.
4: To watch head to today.com slash all day or click the link right here.
0: Not on your life, Al Roker. Now I don't know if you know about this, but there was a gentleman named Mark Lane who wrote a best-selling book back in the 60s called Rush to Judgment. It was the first book out to question and criticize the Warren Commission. He interviewed a lot of witnesses to the assassination back in 1966. I think I owe it to you to play a little clip. This is about three and a half minutes long. Mark Lane talking to railroad worker James Leon Simmons just one of many interviews he did that are now available on YouTube.
3: We are in Mesquite, Texas, in the home of James Leon Simmons, a car inspector for the Union Terminal Railroad. Mr. Simmons, how long have you been employed by the Union Terminal? I've been employed by the Union Terminal, 11 years.
6: Were you a witness to the assassination of President Kennedy? Yes, I was standing on the Elm Street overpass at the time of the assassination. Were you there alone or with others? Uh, There was a group of employees from the Union Terminal at the time and uh, two Dallas policemen. What did you see and what did you hear? As the presidential limousine was rounding the curve on Elm Street, there was a loud explosion. At the time, I didn't know what it was, but it sounded like a loud firecracker or a gunshot. And it sounded like it came from the left and in front of us towards the wooden fence. And there was a puff of smoke that came underneath the trees on the embankment. Where was the puff of smoke, Mr. Simmons, in relation to the wooden fence? It was
3: right directly in front of the wooden fence i show you a picture published by the Warren Commission as commission exhibit number 2215, which is a view of the triple underpass area. I ask you if you'd be good enough to mark with this pen with an X, the area where you thought the shots came from, where you saw the smoke. And it was this area here. After you heard
6: the shot and saw the smoke, What did you do? I was talking with a patrolman, Foster, at the time. And as soon as we heard the shots, we ran around to the wooden fence. And when we got there, there was no one there, but there was footprints in the mud around the fence, and there was footprints on the wooden two before railing on the fence.
3: Were you questioned by the Dallas
6: police on that day? Yes, I was.
3: Did you give your name to the Dallas police? Yes, I did. Did you tell them what you just told me? Yes, I did. Were you subsequently questioned by agents of the Federal Bureau of Investigation?
6: About a month later, I was
3: questioned by the FBI. Did you tell them what you told me and what you told the Dallas police?
6: Uh, Yes, I did.
3: Were you ever called as a witness by the Warren
6: Commission? No, sir, I was
3: This is the Warren Commission report. The back of it has an index of every person who is referred to by the commission. Is your name present there?
6: No, sir, it is.
3: You think it's rather curious that you had such a fine view of the whole Dealey Plaza area and you were among those who saw smoke coming from evidently behind the fence,
6: and yet you were not called by the commission as a witness. Well, I always found it peculiar, but I thought that's the way they did business.
0: (laughs) No doubt that is still the way they do business. By the way, um, railroad worker James Leon Simmons was 34 years old when President Kennedy was assassinated. He passed away in only 50. A lot of the witnesses, a lot of the witnesses to uh, the Kennedy assassination died in uh, suspicious ways. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. So I was watching a separate video of an interview with Dr. McClelland, which was done by the, uh, the city of Allen, Texas. It's on YouTube if you want to check it out. He had a lot of information in there, which just blew my mind. I was watching it when my wife came home from work yesterday. Usually, when she opens the door, I give her a typical cheery greeting. Always glad to see her. Yesterday, I was unable to call out my usual upbeat happy greeting upon her return home when I heard her open the door because I, uh, I was really choked up. She could tell something was wrong and asked me what was going on. So I played her Dr. McClellan's response when the interviewer in this video asked him how Jackie Kennedy found out that her husband had died there in trauma one at Parkland Hospital on November 22nd, 1963.
5: Well, uh, she kept coming in and out of the room every minute or so. Uh, while the president's first resuscitation attempts were being made. And so she was gently ushered back out um, each time by Dr. Clark or one of the other physicians who was in the room but wasn't actually directly involved uh, in taking care of the president's uh, tracheotomy or any of the other activity. And she would then leave the room, but then in just a moment she would come back in and so when he was declared dead she came back in and of course she was then not ushered out but was allowed to stay and I was standing across from her uh, as she came in uh, directly across from her and I vividly remember that scene in my mind that she stood there and didn't say anything, she was completely self-contained but obviously in a state of shock but not crying or weeping or any kind of external thing like that And she stood there for a moment and then she took a ring from her finger and put it on his finger and a ring from his finger and put it on her finger. And then she stood there for a moment and then walked slowly to the door of the trauma room and stepped outside. And we continued, you know, doing what we were doing.
0: So, when my wife heard The part about uh, Jackie Kennedy taking a ring from her finger and putting it on the finger of her husband, who had just succumbed to the bullet wounds and taking a ring off his finger and putting it on hers. My wife just uh, responded, oh, my. It's just heartbreaking what they did to that man and to his family and what they continue to do to this day to suppress the truth. By the way, Dr. McClelland goes on to say quite clearly that one of his fellow doctors was threatened by government agents to keep his mouth shut and that this other doctor was so rattled, was in such fear for his life, for his safety, He left the state of Texas for many years. But uh, they're still suppressing the truth. Look, even the Washington Post, October 31st this year, Jefferson Morley had an op-ed, thanks to the CIA, we might never know the full truth behind JFK's assassination. Even the Washington Post um, I hope this presentation has been edifying for you. I feel like I've only scratched the surface on the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President Kennedy. There's so many videos on YouTube of people who witnessed the assassination who say, no, 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 the Warren Commission's all wrong. You'd never know it from watching the Today Show, would you? No, I don't think so. To this day, they continue doing the job of the deep state. Time for the tweet of the day brought to you by Red River Auto. Big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice. Have it del- uh, buy a of your choice the way you want to, online, have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the Continental USA. Okay, it's a two-parter. Tweet of the day is a two-parter. It begins in the New York Post, an article about a professor at Wake Forest University in North Carolina saying that she would be tempted to shoot up dance parties, then whining about Wake Forest not defending her. The second part, of course, is the great Colonel Kurt Schlichter, who says, buy guns and ammunition because they literally want to murder you. And he's right. You've been listening to episode 415 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers but they love us, and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us. Contact the DocWashmanShow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washman Show, simply peel the roof of a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions Seventh floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. And that's the way it is, Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023.